Welcome back to the Dr. Body, Mind, Soul podcast. My name is Dr. Jude, and this is a podcast which explores how we can integrate modern medicine and alternative therapies to help you get the holistic health care that you deserve. I will be speaking to healers and seekers, researchers and authors who will share their experiences and the evidence to help guide us all to holistic health. Let's do this. Avi is an Ayurvedic nutrition and lifestyle consultant in training. She is passionate about helping people to heal their relationship with food and heal their ailments to reach optimal health and happiness through Ayurveda. So welcome, Avi. Hi, thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. I have been so curious about Ayurveda as a health system and how it works for a really long time. Let's get started where you got started. What was your introduction to Ayurveda? And then we'll go into sort of exploring what Ayurveda is. Yeah. Um, so I think if I, the the real beginnings were sort of through my family. So little, little bits were trickled down through my grandmothers on both sides. And, but I never knew that it was Ayurveda. And I don't think they knew it was Ayurveda either. There was always like talk of uh, foods having this real elemental quality, uh, things being too heating or too cooling. And then as I got older, I started to learn about it a lot more and realize, oh, like this is what my my family have been sort of saying to me all these years. But then when I'd go to my mom and be like, oh, this is Ayurveda, she'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so it, I feel like it kind of got lost in translation a little bit through our family. And then I had been wanting to really understand health, um, my health in a better way from being on a roller coaster of different diets and diet plans, different training regimens and things like that. And each time that would happen, I'd just end up sicker every time. Like my central nervous system would just be completely shot from this these two extremes of sort of like uh you know lack in terms of you know uh restricting what I was eating and then you know having these binge cycles being in a place of healing food relationships it's now opened up into like how the things that have been done to us or the things that we have done to ourselves can also be undone, you know, with a shift in like awareness and nurture and care. So that's, it's, it's, it, it's truly evolved for me from being this aspect that's just about food to being about everything, about the whole picture, about, about habits, about stress, about emotional aspects, about all the whole picture that feeds into everybody's health how to live in a better way so yeah I, lo- I love that but what I'm really getting with Ayurveda is an entry point perhaps with food for us to get into for us getting to know ourselves for us yeah. getting to know our body for us getting to know what it needs yeah. and being able to respond to that yes one way is through food yeah. But I'm also hearing that once you sort of allow you, once once you sort of develop this relationship with yourself, 
mm-hmm. and learning what it needs, then that opens up into looking at all aspects of your life, yeah. which also Ayurveda really invites. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So can you ex- explain how Ayurveda does that? So it's not a symptomatic approach to health. It's although the symptoms are important because it can give you a view of what an imbalance is in the body um, in an elemental way, whether it's too much heat, uh, too much dryness, too much mucus or wetness in the body, too much cold. The symptoms are important for that aspect. However, it's more preventative. So the more important aspect of it is finding the causative factors. So without eliminating the causative factors, it will still be there. You can take away the symptoms, but the cause is still there. It's like a stream that feeds the pond. So if we look at health in that way, a lot more questions are asked. It's it's more about, okay, what are the symptoms you're dealing with right now? When did it start? Um, How long have you been dealing with this? What other things are happening with you? And if it's, you know, asking about fertility, asking about what was happening at the time when this started with you emotionally, were there any significant changes that were going on in your life around that time? Um, And also a breakdown of what you eat and on a general day. And from there we get this, and also your habits. So what is your day like? You know, what kind of exercise do you do? Do you do a lot of exercise or not enough? Or do you push yourself too hard or not enough? Or um, are you, you know, are you generally a stressed out person? What is your job like? What is your lifestyle like? It's this full picture which I think often gets left at the wayside in a Western perspective. A lot of the times if you go to a doctor and you go there with high blood pressure, as an example, if you asked the doctor why this is happening to me, they wouldn't be able to tell you. And it's not their fault. They've only got 15 minutes to talk to you about what's, what's happening and to prescribe you your medication. But because an Ayurvedic approach is a lot longer, you have more time. The patient feels like they can actually talk to you a lot more about everything. So that allows you to then go back to where this started and really see and connect the dots as to where these things have manifested from. And to put a plan together to start to reduce these causative factors. So that's really how the approach works. You know, the symptoms are the clue to where the imbalance lies. Yeah. The real difference in approach that I'm hearing from a Western standpoint and from an Ayurvedic standpoint is getting to the root of the symptoms. I think the first approach GP does make is through lifestyle and diet and with a general advice to lose weight and exercise more. Unless you're really getting to what drives the behaviours you're not really going to be able to address the causative factors because so many of our behaviors are driven by our emotions, mm-hmm. which are driven by our environments. Absolutely. Because it's all part of the picture. It's all part of the same thing, um, which is so key and so overlooked in, in life in general. I think people just go, 
we're just all so indoctrinated to this autopilot life, aren't we? In not understanding why these things are happening to us and not understanding. I think this is where the preventative side comes in, in that they're not one size fits all and that certain people are just predisposed to different things. And it in Ayurveda, it's, it's dosha. It's also the time that you were born. It's also karma and past life merits. It's also um, genetics from your parents. There's all these factors that play into what is most easily in balance and, and harnessing what is the strength in your body, you know? Now, I think a lot of people will have heard very basic things about Ayurveda. You've mentioned them extremely briefly, which are the doshas. And actually, I'm getting a sense that these doshas encapsulate these patterns yes. that we can identify with in order for us to get a sense of how our body is. Yeah. So there's a whole Samkhya. It's called the Samkhya philosophy of creation. It's quite a deep philosophy. Um, I won't go too deep into it. <laughs> Maybe that's for another time, um, another podcast. But um, it's it basically feeds down into the theory and um, the the philosophy that of what they call the pancha mahabhutas, which are the five great subtle elements. And this five great subtle elements are air, fire, water, ether, and earth. And those five elements exist within everything in this world. It is present in different animals. They are present in in different um, plant forms. They're present in everything, even to the food that we eat. Um, And those five elements are split off into three doshas. So the three doshas are... Um, Vata, Vata is air and ether. Pitta is fire and water. And then Gaffa is water and earth. And these three doshas exist in all of us. So the earth quality in our bodies is our bones, um, the structural parts of our body. So our teeth, our bones, our hair. Um, The air quality is in our lungs and then the ether is the spaces in between so the cavities within our bodies the fire is anything that is about um that creates change in the body so digestion absorption assimilation um and then water is like the plasma and um you know seminal fluids and things like that that pass through the body and they exist in all different manner of ways within our body we've got channel systems we've got tissues there's seven tissues in the body and they all correlate and work together with these five elements that exist in us but the doshas are the characteristic it actually translates to fault so it's the thing in you that is more easily it's more easily taken out of balance so for example i am very guffer so my energy is very earthy and in general my my demeanor is quite earthy and grounded and calm and and so i'm more susceptible to things like weight gain um diabetes is diabetes in my family um 
I used to, before Ayurveda, I used to get a lot of colds and coughs and flus and things like that. That would happen to me at least three or four times a year. I'd be down with a cold a lot. Um, but then if you are somebody that is more um, bitter, so who's more fiery and has a lot more of that quality, you'll probably, they'll, you, they'll get something that's more like tonsillitis, anything that involves inflammation. Certain forms of allergies are also a bit of inflammation. Um, any sort of gastric issues like uh, irritable bowel syndrome, um, excess stress, high blood pressure. All of that is a form of high elevated bitha. And then vatha is things like constipation, anxiety. Those sorts of things are more vatha related. So you're, you're more likely to get that or like cracking in the joints, pain in your joints, aches in the body. That's more of a vatha imbalance. So and even towards sort of later stages of life, it moves in cycles in the stages of life. So from a baby to the age of 16, that's the guffa age of life because you're growing and your bones are getting stronger. Your structure is changing and forming and becoming what it is. And then from 16 to the age of 50, you're in the bitter stage of life. That's where you're finding out who you are. That's where you, you've got drive. That's where you've got, you know, attitude in some ways it's where you're sort of really figuring things out in life and you've got this you've got goals you've got things you want to do and and then from the age of 50 onwards that's the vata stage in life that's when everything starts drying up things like menopause come in and that's also when you know people are more predisposed to getting vata type um illnesses like dementia and alzheimer's you know, that that air quality affecting the mind, obviously, if, you know, if your lifestyle is taken into consideration, these things may not happen. Um, but at the same time, it's, it is more uh, dominant in the Vata stage of life. That is amazing. Wow. I love that. So are you trying to say that does that does how we respond to the different seasons depend on our constitution yes yeah a lot of bitter people really struggle in the summer they don't like it it's too hot for them um my partner he's very bitter and if ever he gets too hot in general if we're driving and he gets too hot he can't think straight he's like it's just too hot in here for me whereas someone who's vatha they love the heat and humidity. They love it because they're naturally so dry. And then there's people like Guffa love the summer, like dry heat is beautiful. For someone like me, I love like dry heat. Or it's like someone who's bitter is going to be like, no, this is horrible. So it, it, there's changes that need to be made. And um, there's ways that, you know, it, for someone like who has a bitter imbalance, or, but the, the other thing that I need, to, I want to sort of make clear as well is that any dosha can suffer from a different dosha, doshic imbalance. So, for example, before I started the course, I had this really kind of Western view on things in that, you know, you go on a diet 
to get your body back into some kind of balance. And then the view is usually that that's how you eat now. You eat like that all the time because you've got yourself back into balance and that's it. But which never works. No, no. And that's never what, works. what happened to me. So I think I do have, you can also have people who are a little bit of two doshas. As mine, I think it goes um, kapha, but it's very closely followed by bitter, I feel. And so I started eating in this way that was like reducing my, my kapha, like eating in accordance to uh, my imbalance at the time, which was kapha. And I got myself into a really nice balance. Um, I lost weight. I felt really good. I, you know, wasn't suffering from as many colds and things like that. Um, my body just felt better. I felt stronger. But all of the things that I was eating were so drying and heating that I ended up giving myself a bit that imbalance. So I started suffering from last summer was really difficult for me. I'm never like that in the summer. I usually love it. I'm out in the heat and it's amazing. But last summer was really difficult. I was like, oh God, I can't stand this. This is really hard. It's not like me. And I found myself a lot more angry and irritable and short, which also isn't me. And then I started suffering from mouth ulcers and really painful, like really sort of angry around my periods and things. And then speaking to the doctor and telling her about it, she was like, you've got a bit of imbalance. So then the journey had to change. I had to sort of cool myself back down again. So it's really about getting yourself into balance. And then she says on the course as well, like, it doesn't mean that, and I'm guilty of this. I also thought this before I started the course and I did my own little research online. I thought that because I'm a kapha, I have to eat a kapha pacifying diet forever. That's it. But then on the course, she was like, once you're in balance, you can eat whatever you want. Like there's no, you don't have to deprive yourself or changing the way that you eat can also, and staying there and eating that pacifying diet for, for too long can then cause another imbalance in your body. And so now I've been kind of reining it back in and trying to bring myself back into this equilibrium. So it's really about, it's really about balance. And I know that's, that's such a cliche thing to say because everybody says it, right? You know, eat the rainbow, but it's true. It's, it's all about balance. It's, it's all about even sweet things that are so demonized in the world. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, you know, it's, it's about balance. Yeah. And it- but it's, it's taking on a new level of balance. It's like finding your own balance. But the getting to know your your dosha, I guess it's like a general guide. But I love how you how you use that example. If if you go too extreme with the dosha, then you're actually going to bring yourself another imbalance because really the key is balance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's- so it's, and it's your own balance. Mm. And so take me through just, because I don't want to actually to only focus on, on food, because I think there's a lot other layers to Ayurveda yeah. than focusing on food. But I'm getting the sense that when you say move with the seasons and respond to the seasons, are you also referring to other, other aspects of, of life? 
yeah the activities that you may do around different seasons an example is that is that something that's that's considered yes definitely so if I use myself as an example again um when it's sort of winter time that's really the time where I choose to build up my digestion so another thing that I should stress as well is um in Ayurveda we call it Agni and Agni is Agni is your digestive fire and it's the, the most paramount part of Ayurveda it's almost like a thing that one should worship really is your digestion which is quite similar to how you know the gut microbiome is thought of today in terms of immunity and I think it's a really nice parallel to draw between Ayurveda and Western sort of medicine and, and, and health. And having a good digestion, and that doesn't mean like too sharp, it means a balanced digestion, is what creates true immunity in your body. So my digestion naturally as a kapha can tend to be a little bit slow. So that's what causes a lot of um, coughs and colds and things like that for me and if you are somebody that suffers in the summer from heat there's cooling things that you can do like coriander water is perfect because it basically it not only cools down the body it increases circulation as well and it removes excess heat from the body so it's a perfect thing to do when there's a lot of heat around first thing in the morning drink some coriander water to to bring your elevated levels back down again or even soaking coriander seeds in coconut water overnight and then drinking that first thing in the morning in the summer is really going to help to bring those elements down then as you move back into autumn I mean, obviously it depends where you are in the world but as we move back into autumn again and things start getting colder and drier that's when you start moving back into soups and stews and lots of ginger and heating things to help the body, to help it through these different seasons and to help the digestion. Because in some months, it's naturally a little bit more slower than in others. Oh, wow. I love that. I love that. So knowing your own dosha, knowing your own constitution, and then how you respond then to the different seasons allows you to respond in a way that is most of most benefit to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. With the idea of bringing you back into balance. Mm, yeah. And as you age, there will be different emphasis on how you respond because yeah. your body is changing. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I love that cyclical nature to Ayurveda. Mm. So if you were doing, I'm just curious, like, when you're putting together an Ayurvedic treatment plan, mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about the foods that you can use to yeah. help bring the body back into balance. What other aspects do you take into consideration when putting a treatment plan together? Um, other aspects would be their general day-to-day habits. So say, for example, somebody who's experiencing a lot of vata so they've got quite a lot of anxiety they've got trouble sleeping um they've got pain in their joints um and they've got constipation my questions would be around okay so what is your what do you do for a living 
um, and try to assess maybe whether that is affecting them. Obviously, that there's if that's their life livelihood, then there's we have to look at other ways into making that more manageable for them. But say, for example, a lot of other people are like long distance runners or because they, they just, Vata is energy. It is, it is the dosha that makes circulation in the body. And so it stimulates the other processes in the body as well. So it's quite easily imbalanced in some, in some respects. So most people that are Vata, they're very high energy people. And it's those people that you see that are just running all the time. And the first thing I would say is if, if that was the case, this is an example. This isn't always, but if I spoke to somebody who had these Vata imbalances and they were struggling with anxiety and sleeplessness and constipation, and then they told me they ran for five, six miles every day, the first thing I would say to them is, okay, let's have a break from the running. Because if you're experiencing these things, then your digestion is most probably impaired and a little bit weak. And doing such high octane activity on top of a weakened digestion can also lead to an impaired immunity, which is then going to keep this cycle going of you not feeling great. So we have to slow everything down, change what they're eating, because a lot of the time, they're probably eating things too similar in quality to their own makeup. So things that are dry, like lots of salads and nuts and seeds, and sometimes hardly eating anything at all because they can just sustain on prana. They're just generally like naturally able to just sustain themselves on prana. And so it's really looking to just bring them back down to earth. So finding out what it is that they do for a living how much energy they're expending in the day. Um, what are their habits leading up towards bedtime? What are they eating? What's going on in their life as well? Are they traveling a lot? Which is also another thing that is going to contribute to them not feeling grounded. And things like jet lag is just going to send them out in a spin. And what I'm also so curious around is like, what are they running from? They just want to be free. They just want to be free. And and then, but sometimes that freedom can kind of, they need grounding. You need balance. You need balance and grounding. So in that instance, you add more grounding foods into their diet, more potatoes, more butter, more unctuous, rich stews and chicken. It doesn't even have to be vegetarian. It can be chicken or whatever to really pull them back down to earth and make them feel a bit more grounded. Would you ever add other things in other than the food to yes. make that, to make them feel more grounded, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, we'd add things. So another aspect of Ayurveda is in order to start helping um, somebody in their imbalances, we look at two things. It's called Agni Dibana Arma Bhachana. Agni Dibana means balance the digestive fire and armabhachana means to eliminate the toxins so the food aspect is one part of that that helps to sort of restore that balance the other aspect is is uh, prescribing certain herbs um certain herbs that they take something like trifola which is um a really powerful 
um, herb. It's it's so good. It works on so many levels. It works against oxidative stress. It helps to eliminate toxins from the body. It can really sort of calm you down to have a good sleep in the evening. So something that's just going to bring them back down to earth and remove those toxins overnight. And then there's other herbs that they can they can take during the day to sort of make them feel a lot more calmer and more, more centered, along with um, different foods the correct foods for their imbalance that they're facing. Other practices as well, like rather than doing such high octane activity, changing that to something like a yin yoga or really calming things, going for a walk instead of a run, or actually just having, you know, quite nice yoga nidra sessions where it's encouraging this deep grounding relaxation I can imagine that being quite confronting for for a patient who has who has coped in life in this way. Yeah. It which is. has led them to having the imbalance. Mm. But to ground someone who has learned to survive by being free. Yeah. I'm imagining enforces a sort of confrontation so I'm imagining there may be some resistance there and I'm so curious in how you work with someone or what your experience has been in working with someone feels quite resistant to to the change that you're suggesting it it can be it can be quite hard because especially in in this part of the world where more is considered the thing or more is what we aspire to more running more weight training more the ayurvedic approach is gentle and nurturing and so forcing yourself to to do these quite stressful things it doesn't really go it's up to you what you want to what option you want to take and there's no judgment either way maybe this ayurvedic approach isn't what is right for you right now and but the door is always open whenever you feel like you want to come back and ground and that's why for example I think the western system can be the band-aid that some people would prefer because it doesn't it means that they don't need to confront necessarily what is actually going on beneath the symptom they can take this medication and carry on as they have and the numbers will 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 correct to a degree yeah although in general the trajectory you're not changing the trajectory you're just yes. gonna, you're gonna add in another pill when it can when it's continuing because you're not addressing the root problem yeah and there are people who will not want to address the root problem because the root problem is perhaps what they are avoiding and have been avoiding for a very long time with all of these compensatory mechanisms that I guess have shut them into an imbalance over time Mm -hmm. and they may not want or be ready to confront that which I suppose Ayurveda is really asking of them and sometimes you like I've heard it so many times that people they go to the doctor and um they get told they've they're borderline with something or they're borderline with their, maybe it's cholesterol, maybe it's blood pressure, maybe it's thyroid, 
like whatever it is. Oh, you're just borderline. Here's some pills. By the way, you're going to be on them for the rest of your life. Okay, great. See ya. And I've even had people sort of push back to the doctor and say, well, can I change this? Is there any way that I can manage this? If Can I work with you? Can can I lose weight? Can I, um, can I change my diet? Can I, uh, can I get talking therapy to help with this, you know, cause thyroid is in the throat, a lot of suppressed emotions. No, you're going to be on them for the rest of your life. That's it. Bye. And it's so heartbreaking to, to see that this is what's happening to a lot of people. And then it, it just, it's a never ending thing then, isn't it? Because then this pill is potentially going to keep getting up and up and up and up and up in its dosage and then you're going to need another pill to sort of fix whatever the side effects of that pill and then another pill to fix the side effects of that pill and then you before you know it you're on a cocktail and it's worrying I couldn't agree with you more yes. and I, I couldn't agree with you more I um and I think that there I think that there is a real um call from patients to actually intervene it's just that because doctors haven't been trained in anything other than the pharmaceutical approach then that's the only tool that they have in their toolbox and so it's it's the only approach that they know so although they tell people to fix their lifestyle and their diet in a very sort of superficial way then when they see that that doesn't work the only solution that they have is to rely on the pharmaceuticals that they've been taught is how to manage this condition. This is the whole inspiration for me about Dr. Body, Mind, Soul and Mm -hmm. the Witchy Women is so that I and other doctors can learn there are other approaches to the way we can manage um, dis-ease. Yeah. without necessarily having to rely on pharmaceuticals or working alongside pharmaceuticals, um, especially when patients are actually requesting, is there anything I can do in the meantime? Is there anything I can do for myself, which I hear from my patients too? So I think there are there is a demand for actually wanting to help ourselves. Um, empowering people, isn't it, as well? Like empowering them to take their health in their own hands and get and to get to know their bodies exactly exactly I really actually I I love how it seems as though Ayurveda is a real tool it's an invitation to do just that yes to do just that and that's just such a lovely um system um to deepen our self-knowledge um and so we can respond to it with 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 care yeah. rather than restriction. Yeah, absolutely. How can we take, how can I take care of this body? Yeah. Um, knowing what it needs, knowing, mm-hmm. um, getting a better understanding of, 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 of how the systems relate to each other, how the body, mind and soul manifest together when I'm in this imbalance and how can I use all aspects of my life to support me in coming back to balance yeah yeah absolutely 100 percent. that's what i'm really hearing thank you so much for sharing your wisdom thank you for having me jude it's been it's been amazing to talk to you it's been so nice 
And I just want to let everybody know Avi is joining the Witchy Women platform. Um, she is going to be one of our Witchy Women and our resident Ayurveda practitioner. So I really invite you to, to join us there. Um, I'm super excited to be connecting you with you in there. And I really thank you for the wisdom you've shared with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Jude. It's been lovely. Thank you. Thank you for listening, Body, Mind, Soul Seekers. If you want to connect with trusted alternative therapists, learn more about what they do and how they can help you, check out my new holistic healthcare platform, The Witchy Women. Or if you are a holistic healer that wants to serve and help more people, book in a discovery call with me. Find more details at thewitchywomen.com. To show your support for this podcast, please share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does make a difference. Thank you all so much. Until next time.